Yes, it is Pet Chat. It's great to have your company. We're here right through until one today. And Denny Boz is here with our special guest, Denny. Yes, David. We've got Ross Turner on, on the phone to talk to us. As I mentioned earlier, we get calls quite often with people asking, what do I do? I've got a dog who's got itchy skin or a rash or uh, something's going wrong with, with the skin due to an allergy. What can we do to help the dog stop the itch or reduce the itch, reduce the inflammation? Now, Ross works for Paw, who have a range of products to help us with this kind of uh, problem. So I thought it would be worthwhile to interview him and, and chat to him about this. How are you, Ross? I'm very well, thanks, Danny. Ross, can you tell us a little bit about Paw, the brand? Okay, I can. What I can tell you is, it was uh, created by a vet approximately about five or six years ago, and he thought he could see a gap in the market, particularly in that itchy uh, skin area for dogs, yes. um, shampoos and that sort of thing, um, where some of the products that were on the market contained things called sulfates as the basic surfactant in the shampoo. And sulfates are basically uh, a natural irritant to some dogs. And so what he did was um, invent, uh, created some shampoos that are basically sulfate-free um, so that they don't um, create um, itchy skin in some dogs. Right. One of your key lines, the Nutriderm, it actually mentions about ceramides. Can you explain a little bit about how ceramides work to help reduce the itch? Okay. Yes, I can. Dermatologists have been looking at this ingredient for some time, uh, not only in uh, the skin of animals, but also in human dermatology. And one of the things that they've discovered is that uh, this ingredient called ceramides is a major factor in the um, protection of the barrier of the dog, and it also has the same role in human skin. And that is the, when we talk about the barrier of the dog, it's what they call this hydrolipidic film, which is an oily layer up on the top layer of skin that keeps the moisture in the dog, keeps the yes. epidermis hydrated, and also keeps, stops allergens from penetrating and getting in and creating an itchy episode. Um, and the ceramides are so significant, they make up nearly 40% of the oil in that lipid layer. Wow, okay. And they're the ones that help reduce or stop that kind of itching? Well, that's exactly right, because dry skin, really what's happening is that it's like a like a brick tank. The epidermis holds a lot of moisture. That's what keeps our human skin plump and looking good when we're younger, um, and it works the same way in the animal. Um, it, it, it helps distribute the nutrients through the moisture. So when, when the dog gets dry skin, they actually have little fracture points. So it's like a brick tank, and the brick tank's got lots of holes in the mortar. Yes. And what the ceramides fundamentally do is help patch up the holes in the mortar so that the moisture level gets back to normal, and when that gets back to normal, the nutrient level gets back to normal, and the skin and the coat and the hair of the dog come back to normal as well. And the, that product, the Nutriderm conditioner, actually has ceramides in it to help. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. It's probably the only product uh, here in Australia for dogs that has the ceramides in it. Yes. And basically what happens when you uh, use that product, you can dilute it, two parts water, one part of the conditioner, rub it into the dog, leave it on. It's quite a simple process. The dog then basically absorbs it into the skin. It metabolizes it and it literally um, in, in its own natural way patches up the holes like, like I described with the, the holes in the brickwork. Yes. Um, it patches 
opens up its own holes and then the moisture level goes back to normal and very quickly the itchiness subsides. Now what we call, we call that kind of treatment as topical treatment in the industry, it's to do with putting something on the skin. Your brand or your product range also has some things that you can give to the dog to eat to help as well, is that correct? That's, that's, that's correct. There is a, uh, an omega-3 uh, and omega-6 oral supplement that, that can be taken. And there's also another spot-on preparation called um, Essential 6. And it's simply an omega-3, omega-6 preparation as well. And it, um, it, it, it gets absorbed in the same way that, that, the, uh, that the ceramides get absorbed through the skin topically. Okay. And, and I think most people realise that omega-3, omega-6 uh, plays a, a really important role, especially in, um, in dogs that have uh, itchy skin episodes. So with, why is the omega-3 and 6 so good to, to give to the dog for its skin? Right. Well, basically, omega-3 um, acts as an anti-inflammatory agent at the lower level around the dermis, and omega-6 brings uh, re- helps to re-moisturise the epidermis. And so th- these are the these are the actions that you have happening. And um, interesting in in the animal dermatology area, there are one or two of the dermatologists that like to employ these this type of um, treatment to dogs to help them um, in, uh, with their itchy skin episodes. Well, look, thank you very much for that information. Um, I felt it was very informative, and it's certainly a common problem, especially as we get into summer as well. So thanks, Ross. Very welcome, Daniel. And 23 minutes past 12. That's very interesting. Uh, people want more details about that. Where will they find that out? Yeah, at? look, if they just call the station, we can take their details and give them some more information. But... Uh, I do intend to have a segment for the next couple of weeks. We can talk about the skin sensitivities issues. They do exist. Sometimes people don't know how to treat them, what happens, because the, the dog or the pet can be really irritable when they have this kind They're of a Very problem. common, Bob? Yes, very common. It's one of the major things that we see as vets in general practice. And the thing is that every animal is different, so some a bit of moisturiser helps. Mm-hmm. So like that um, product that uh, Ross was talking about there, that helps to sort of stay in the skin, create that barrier to the outside world. Um, the other thing I often say to people in summer is just to, when they've been romping in the grass or running around, just um, hose, hose them down. That rinses off all of the allergens. So instead of a dog coming in and then a half an hour, an hour or so, starting to lick and... <laughs> And, and everything all along the, the, the back and the feet and everything. It just, it's able to not, you know, to have that barrier uh, against it. And next week, what I'd like to do is talk about proper nutrition. Yes. What we can feed important. the dog. Because there is allergies uh, that uh, come around from food yeah. to dogs. So we'll talk about nutrition. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. I actually had a lady who um, took wheat out of the diet. Yes. And the dog's so much better. Yeah. You do that for other animals and it does nothing. So you've mm. got to find the particular, it might be actually a food type thing that makes it worse. It might be environmental. Mental, yes. Or it can be even anxiety that makes that worse. So same as in people, there's a high link between anxiety and dermatitis. It is Pet Chat this afternoon. Let's uh, go with your calls. If you'd like to give us a call, our number is 49216216. We'd love to hear from you on 49216216. Let's say hello, Bob, to Pauline. How are you going, Pauline? How can we help you uh, today? Uh, yes, um, I've got a Maltese Shih Tzu cross. She's about 16 months old and she weeps a lot from her eyes and it really smells... It's uh, very important. Uh, sometimes it can be to do with the hair, so make sure you keep that brushed away from yes, the eyes. Yes, I have been, yeah. 
But right. also just warm water, just out of the tap, no salt. The salt can sometimes irritate it. So just warm water on a tissue, um, morning and night, even three times a day, just to keep the um, excess tear production from uh-huh. um, causing those stains. The problem with that as well is that it, as it overflows onto the fur, they start to scratch at it with their feet and then they put bacteria from their feet near their eyes. Uh, so it's a vicious yeah, sort of a circle. Yeah, she into the carpet all the time. To get yes, it yeah, and, and sometimes they do it because it's just really good fun. The other thing to do would be to check her teeth as well because sometimes a bit of irritation in the teeth because Maltese Shih Tzus, often the teeth sort of go in a few different directions rather than yeah. in the normal place. <laughs> yeah. So just keeping them clean, just with a hand towel, just wiping and, and, and rubbing the teeth off or some... Um, greenies or rawhide chews or something to keep the, the mouth healthy, there are some other products that you can use that help to reduce that stain and keep the eyes healthy. But uh-huh. eyes, are, eyes are pretty sensitive, so you've got to be very careful about what you put yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. So just salt water? No salt. Water. Just warm water straight out of the tap. Oh, just warm water. Oh, okay. Yep, All on right. a tissue. Sometimes the salt makes it just that little bit more irritating, yeah, and therefore yeah. they're more likely to rub on the carpet. Yeah. But there's nothing I can get to actually stop them from doing that, is there? No. The problem with the no. rubbing on the carpet, though, is they can actually end up with ulcers if they rub too much. So you've got to be very careful. Try and interrupt and redirect her. So okay. um, give her some toys to play with and say, no, none of that. Pick her up. Go for a short walk. And uh-huh. if you're listening before, just, yeah, try and stay out of long grass, especially in a shorter dog. It happens with the okay. eyes. Like the yeah, more, I do, yeah, yeah. The yeah. more they actually irritate them, the more they become irritated, don't Sa- they? Same as in people. Yeah. As soon as you start to get a bit of irritation, you put your fingers in yeah. and try and rub, and that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Some people like me might, might stick their head under the tap, but, you know, you don't have to do that. You can just get a warm water on the tissue and clean it out. Four nine two one six two one six. If you'd like to be part of Pet Chat, four nine two one six two one six. We go to Mayfield now. Hello, Bill. How are you doing? Hello, mate. How are you? Good. How can we help you, Bill? Uh, I've got a um, fifteen-month-old Jack Russell pup. Yep. And he's he's losing that much hair. He's like molting that much hair. And just from all over, no particular patches. Just all over. It's always on the carpet, everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes they are just really good producers, so they they really and also being a bit anxious, so they actually drop the coat a bit more easily. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you get a particular time of year, um, autumn and spring, where they change the coat from the summer to the winter, or vice versa. Um, and it can be just um, a bit of stress. And so if he's a bit, you know, Jack Russells, they really love to to play and charge around. So you've got to give them some. Has it been his first molt since, uh, well, he's only 15 months, first molt? No, no, he's no. done it before. He's, oh, he's a short-haired one too. Yeah. Some dogs you can actually get them used to being vacuum cleaned, which is a bit scary for a lot of dogs, <laughs> but if you take it slowly. But just a brush, just, um, yeah, hand mitt or something, and just groom it off as much as you can. I like to, um, had a friend who had a Labrador, and so whenever I went over there, I'd always sort of go out in the backyard on the grass, and, and you'd pull the fur through one direction, and you go the other direction, and yeah. the dog would be <laughs> scratching and itching, and yeah. There's a product a called time. Ferminator. It's like a pet shedding tool with a blade on it. Oh, okay. So it doesn't it cut, it. but it actually thins it out, gets all that yeah. loose hair out. Oh, yeah. It works we, really, really well. We use a hacksaw blade on it. <laughs> yes, that's a, an old way to do it, but yes, it works as well, much the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Just, that Jack Russell, they need so much exercise. They need so much mental challenge as well. So lots of toys. Naming them, naming a few of them, and, yeah, really, he should be able to fetch up to 40 different toys by name. Yeah. If, if you really right. focus on that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd be able to do that. But, yeah, lots of brushing. Keep it, keep it down in that time of year when it tends to get worse, and yep. it will sometimes happen every six months, 
and and can also just to do with our stress in life. So if we change job or move house, the yeah. dog often sheds when they come into clinic as well. The dog often just, and it gets scared and that drops the fear off. It's Pet Chat this afternoon. Thank you, Bill. Let's continue with the calls right now. Our vet, Dr. Bob, is here and also Denny Boz. And we've got from Fern Bay, Brendan, how are you doing today? Not too bad. How can we help you today, Brendan? Um, I've got a Labrador, about three or four years old. And when I take him walking, he comes to a certain grass and I had a look at it. One end of it's like fairly smooth and the other end is like a razor, uh, what's that, sandpaper. So he eats that and within, say, ten minutes, he gets, makes himself sick. Yep, there's so a couple... Do you think that's a, a normal thing? Should I stop him or...? It's a relatively normal thing. There's a couple of different thoughts on it. And when there's a couple of different possible reasons, you know, we don't really know. So um, we think partly um, I would certainly worm him out a couple of times now and again in a fortnight in case intestinal worms are irritating his bowel. Yeah. Um, it can We're be that... Uh, regularly worm tablets and all that. Good. Make sure they've got the tape wormer in them to make sure yeah. they're doing all four of the major worms. Um, the other thing is that they've got a bit of an upset bowel, a bit of an upset tummy. They've eaten something that's a bit off. Mm. If he tends to do it every walk or every day, there's certainly, in my experience, doing behaviour consults, there's an anxiety component. Oh, so okay. they actually um, eat the grass as a way of dealing with stress. So they sort of like playing with toys and things. Yeah. And sometimes it just gets into like an obsessive-compulsive habit sort of thing. So um, certainly try and um, there's not much you can do about it apart from just making sure he's on a... So it would be better to stop him? If you can stop him, that would be good. Make sure he's on a good nutritional diet, feed him two or three times a day. The problem with the Labrador is that they certainly are very good at putting weight on. <laughs> so you've got to be very careful with that. So yeah, see, I don't mind him if, if he eats it and he gets sick along the walk, you know. That's right, when he does it at home in the lounge room. Come home. Yeah. And we keep him inside, and if he gets sick inside, it's a bit of a problem. That's right. As long as you've got the newspaper there that you can land it on, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing is, when I do take her at the back of Bayway Village, I can let him off. Yep. And of course, there's kangaroos and wallabies and... So much good fun. Dogs and that, but he eats the pieces sometimes. There's nothing I could do to stop him doing that, is there? No, unfortunately, that's again just a Labrador sort of thing. If you look at all yeah. the, the dogs around Chook or, or pig farms, they're all quite large because they eat all of the the grain and then, yeah, any poo that's around. It's really just vegetable matter to them and, and a bit of extra taste. Um, certainly cat poo is also a, a favourite because it's high in meat. That's right. So yeah. try and, as soon as he stops, to look as though he's sniffing, then you call him back or you send him over somewhere else so that he doesn't yeah. pick up any possible poisons or toxins from doing that. Thanks, Brendan. Right bye. And we've got Brian joining us now from Tingara Heights. Hello, Brian. Uh, g'day, mate. How are you doing? Good. How can we help you? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, <clears throat> I have a, a beagle. He's a, well, I suppose he's about 10 years of age. Yep. Uh, he weighs approximately 19 kilos. And he's got uh, the beagle trait. He, he, he takes uh, epileptic fits. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but, but he's medicated and he's uh, that's pretty good at the moment. So, yeah, you know, that's like, keeping it under control. Yeah, 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 it is, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Good. But, but uh, I've noticed with him. The last couple of months, he's picked up this, uh, oh, probably I'd have to call it a disgusting habit, you know, where he started to nibble at his own feces. Yep. And, he, you know, like in his, I've had to rush out and you know, pick it up off the ground to, to, to stop him from nibbling at it. So, yeah. You know, like, and he, get, he gets well fed, you know, but he's, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether that's a, 
happens uh, with uh, older dogs, and I, maybe I can get your opinion on it. Yeah, similar to the eating grass, it's a thing called coprophagia, and it's something we don't exactly know why, yeah. but I would certainly worm him out now and again in two or three weeks. Um, I would make sure he's on a senior diet so that because this is getting older, the body and the bowel doesn't work quite as well, doesn't absorb the nutrition quite as well. Make sure also that you feed him two to three times a day rather than just once. That way okay. he's not getting a bit peckish and eating the poo instead of eating good food. Um, yeah. The other thing is, yeah, there's lots of different things in the past of um, Danny's nodding his head here, yeah, putting pepper on it or putting Tabasco yeah. sauce in it, but none of it works. No, I've had customers who've read on the web like cook up some pumpkin and mix in, mix yeah. that in with the food. No, it hasn't worked. No, it's no. it's really just a, it's sort of a, again down that obsessive sort of track. So, with yeah. the seizures, is it something that's going on in the head? If it's something that's only happened the last two months, it's certainly been very wet lately, and so that can certainly increase the the potential for worms being a bit of a problem. And being a beagle, he'd have his nose to the ground all the time and have a high chance of picking up new so, worm eggs. Sometimes I have found giving a like a, is it? Do you feed mainly dry dog food? Uh, well, well, as a mixture, I have uh, some dry food and some meatballs, you know. Some, okay. You know, you know like the yeah. reason I feed in the meatballs is uh, I put the medication in, but, yep. you know, yeah. so, so you can't see it, you know. So. Sometimes from what um, from experience what's happened is a bit more of a raw diet, like a 60% raw, 40% dry, seems to stop it. I don't know whether vegetable it's, matter. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because it fills them up a lot more, yeah. uh, perhaps. Yeah. Again, it basically goes along the lines of what Dr. Bob's saying is feeding more times during the day so he doesn't get hungry. And being a beagle, they love to get out and sniff. So more short oh, walks, yeah. just five or ten minutes up the street, just so that he has other things to think about. Yeah. So yeah. that would be really good if you can. Thanks, Brian. Have a good okay. day. Good on you. Thanks for your time. Bob. And we're joined now, Bob, by Anne from Hamlin Terrace. Good afternoon. How are you going, Anne? Oh, hello, yes. I'm how, here. How can we help you today? <clears throat> I have just acquired a rescue dog who's eight years old. She's eight years old. Uh, she does have a few issues. We know mm. that. Yep. Um, we've only had her for three days, and she's fitted in very well with my two Bichons. But it's at night, and when we go to bed, she's in a nice bed with everything she needs. Um, as soon as we turn out the lights and, and my husband and I go to bed so the house is dark, she goes absolutely ballistic. What sort of a, a breed would she be, Anne? She's a cross, silky, we think Maltese. She's, yep. she's only a small little thing. Yep. Uh, doesn't appear to be nervous when she obviously wants to be with someone and, and if yep. you sit down, she jumps on your knee. Yep. Um, that won't go outside, um, yep. will not walk, yep. which I was already told by the rescue place, uh, which is fine, I don't mind that, but it's this night thing, you see, for two nights now we've been up all night. Yep, and it's not good for our mental health either, so whenever you get a rescue dog, they certainly come with baggage. Um, the older they are, the more baggage, and possibly if she's like this, the more different homes she's been in. Settling a new dog into your routine usually takes two weeks to two months, so it does take a bit of time. There are some um, adaptal collars, which are a calming type pheromone that you can try, or a spray, that just helps to reduce a little bit of that anxiety. The important thing is that she needs to have lots of mental challenge through the day, so she's more tired coming up to at night. Um, the other thing is to uh, a few more toys so that she um, yeah, is remembering different ones. The problem is two's company, three's a crowd, 
So you'll have to watch very closely how she goes with your two existing dogs. Yeah, she's actually good. My, old, my existing dogs are quite old. They're 14 and, and 12. Okay. Um, I do have other dogs in my house at certain times, you know, looking after other people's dogs. Okay. So they, yeah. they accept that. Good. And so accepted her. Good. So, mate, um, the, the problem is after a week or two when she doesn't go back to her home again, they might get a bit miffed, so just be careful. Always feed them totally separately. Yes, we do. And coming up to night time, I would perhaps leave a night light on somewhere near her. That's is right. she is she better with the other dogs or is she in a separate place to the other dogs? No, no, she's in a big family room, yep. um, which is very large. Good. So they so, have a choice of good. sitting in a box or sitting on the lounge. Or, Excellent. Um, and we, we do cordon that room off yep. at night. Good. Excellent. So they need... Bed. They need to have a good variety of things to do, different places to settle yep. in yep. and relax, different alternate alternatives for refuge. So that's really good. She's weighing on the floor uh, in the family room. We have caught her a couple of times outside, but that's not, I don't, I'm not worried about that. As long as it's easy to clean. What I would do, though, is you said, she, she hasn't been able to walk outside and they've told you that. So that's a big issue from my point of view. That's an indicator that she really has a very high anxiety level. It would be good to get her down to your local vet just to check her out to see if there's anything they can maybe try to help to reduce that anxiety. From your point of view, uh, pick her up, take her for just a short walk, up or two, one or two houses, put her down on the ground, put the lead on, um, and then see if she'll walk back home with you. If she won't, pick her up for a little bit and then put her back down and see if she'll walk back into the house with you. She needs to get outside and see other parts of the world. If she's only focused on the inside she is going to get more anxious, more focused. Like dementia, they become a little bit obsessed about silly little things. So you need to be very careful about that. And no doubt, as you're doing with two older dogs already, make sure you take them out regularly a few times through the day so they go out, have a sniff, two or three dogs together, they'll all wee on top of where the other one's gone, all that sort of thing. So that will help her to sort of settle in. Very important not to sort of pander to her too much because she will go bananas and get and and want more attention if you get desperate putting her on a bed on um on, in a bed on lead in your bedroom on the floor but the problem is that can lead to even more traumas so thank you for the call today and we'll take a short break we'll come back and talk to sue from cessnock in just a moment here at 2 and urfm for pet chat let's say hello to sue hello sue oh good morning hello oh it's afternoon sorry Yes. Um, yeah, hi. That's okay, Sue. <laughs> we get confused sometimes too. Not very yes. often, of course. <laughs> yes. How can we help you? Well, I have a problem with a horse that may stretch you. I bought him back in late 2006. Um, about When we'd had him for about three months, saddling him up one day, he simply laid down. Didn't struggle or anything like that. Got him straight back up again. How old is he now, do you think? Uh, oh, look, he was, he's a 2002 foal, so that makes him rising 10, doesn't it? Yep. yep. Um, anyway, um, he did it a couple of more times and he didn't do it for a while and then, and, and essentially he just springs it on you every so often. So much so that, you know, when we saddle him up these days we make sure it's on soft ground because, you know, he comes up with a little bit of skin off him sometimes and, and there's no struggle, it's just bang down he goes. Um, you just get him up quietly. He's never punished for it no. or anything like that. He's just, you know, encouraged to get up, which he does. Um, he's, he's used for dressage, he's about medium level, he, he ends up going to a dressage competition already saddled up on a float, which is, or a truck, which is a bit different, you know, that's a bit really stocky thing, that. Um, he's 
particularly bright in so much that he will play with objects. He will play with one of those big medicine balls or if you hang um, milk containers with uh, stones in them around the stable, he'll yes. play with those. He'll also spend his days working on the locking system on the stable. Yes. And every couple of days he's out. You, the only way you can keep him in is to block the bottom of the door. Mm. Yep. He's, yep. He's, he's what I... He, if, every, if they've got the size, the brain the size of a pea, he's got a walnut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it certainly sounds like if he is just doing it and every so often and yeah. he's lying down with that saddle on, it is something that... Depending on how he was broken in, if it was yeah. a bit more severe, yeah. he's, he sounds like he's very intelligent. Often yeah. with dogs and cats, I see the ones that play more and they investigate things more. They are brighter. They are better at problem solving. Yeah. Hence why he's playing with the locks, playing with the balls. So you certainly need to put lots of things around for him to do like that, to use his mouth as a manipulation um, sort of like elephants, I guess, when you look at them in just how incredible their trunk is. So horses are very bright. We need to give them good stuff to do. Does he tend to do that more when it's a dressage sort of day or, or training? Or No, look, we've tried to, I've tried to chart this. I've tried to say, is it done when he's on concrete or when he's on grass? Or yep. I tra- tracked down, I knew who the breeder was, I tracked down the breaker. I didn't care if they said, yes, he did it. I'd simply like to know what the trigger is. Yep. And that's what we get. Like, if they said to me, oh, yes, he did do that, I wouldn't say, oh, I want my money back or anything like that. That's not the issue. The issue is trying to work out what the trigger is with this horse. Exactly, the background. Yes, yeah, what what can we do? He he gets quite stressy sometimes when you're putting the saddle on. You can see you're coming with the saddle. You can see him getting agitated. He doesn't have any any, any health issues in terms of soreness or, you know, we've been down... And so for, what, nearly six years we've struggled trying to work out yep. what on earth triggers this horse to do it. I mean, he's a lovely, lovely animal. Um, he's a, oh, he's, he's, he's a cross, 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 but he's 16 hands. And yep. he's, he's a really lovely, lovely yep. creature he is. But we just can't work out what this, what triggers this reaction. Most likely it's going to be he reaches a tipping threshold. So like us with stress and resilience, we cope and cope and then just something that seems really minor and often you see it in the workplace. People just flip out for no apparent reason. But when you talk about the background, you then find that these thing, this thing and that thing had happened at home. So as you said, when you're approaching him with the saddle, and you can see he's starting to get stressed. Then what you have to do is a very um, slow desensitisation process. The problem with that is that, again, he's very bright. So whatever you have, you're doing, you're helping to him to have a, a, a better association with that saddle. Certainly I would go down the track of making sure the massage, chiropractic, no particular faults with the saddle. But I think it's more likely going to be he just sort of reaches that anxiety threshold, the last straw that broke the camel's back. So we have to just take it very slowly and help him to have something else to focus on, maybe something that he manipulates with his mouth when you think he might be about to do it, and watching the whole horse so that you know if there's any tell signs that he might be about to do it. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, as you said, you've got to keep the saddle on while he's in the float as he goes to the dressage, and, and that's okay. We're all different. Sometimes we like to be dressed up before we get there. So, yeah, just try a few things. Keep going. I'm sure because of his intelligence, that's why he would be good at the dressage work that you're asking him to do. But um, also he needs to have that just running free and running a bit silly. And just like us, we need to have that, you know, sort of a day occasionally.
Thank you for your call, Sue. It's Pet Chat. Only a few minutes left to go today. We'll be back again next Wednesday from midday till one. Any events on locally in the next few days? We did mention this a couple of weeks ago, David, but it's the free microchip day at Cessnock City Council. It'll be held at the Administration Centre Car Park, Cumberland Street, Cessnock. You do have to be a resident of the Cessnock uh, Council area to get your free microchipping, but also there'll be other stalls and other special offers like for desexing for dogs, for pensioners and so forth at a reduced rate. Great okay. initiative. Good to mention that one there. That'll no. be on Saturday, 16th of June from 10am to 2pm. No shows on this weekend? No. No dog shows? No. no. That's good. They'd need to have raincoats and galoshes. Yeah. And, and uh, anything, uh, last notes from you, a topic you were talking about this morning? Anything the the one we're going further? to talk about? Yeah, yes, we we'll add. <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah, that's fine. Okay, you've left me with two minutes. I've got nothing to say. Oh, well, oh, okay. <laughs> just that horse was fascinating. It is that really you've got to assume that animals are intelligent. So many people say to me, oh, how does it remember something that happened last year? No, they, they have a lifetime memory. Very smart. They really are problem solving. And the more now that scientists are aware of feelings and emotions and how much they rule our lives, they certainly are now taking a much greater part of that in looking at mental health, animal well-being yeah. of animals. And so... Um, part of the exams I was doing last week in animal welfare was just very much down this track. You've got to understand the animal um, like Sue from Cessnock was doing, trying to find the background. But, yeah, the saddle was just that that With, with aging that with the animals, yes. do they get mature as they age, do you think? It, yeah, they, certainly they, they get more mature in, in dogs and cats. We think they're... Um, mentally mature around three years of age, like in people they say around 25, according mm. to MRI studies. So in horses, same sort of thing. It's sort of that seven, sometimes ten, and just reaching their peak. Can they get irritated as they get older? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't want to play. Go away from Yeah, that. little old blokes like me, you know, they're very easily irritated. That's Freaky. Right. <laughs> you can see that where you've got an older dog and then a puppy comes into the house. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Like, I've had no. enough. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And yes. they prance around for a bit, but then they go, no, that was it. Sorry. Yep, yep. 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 Yeah. I twitch the hip. I reach my yeah. limit, yeah. yeah. No, and that's good. That, that's and exactly the, the same with that the puppy horse. gets put into its place. That's right. Yeah. Hopefully nicely. <laughs> Hopefully nicely. Right. Uh, now, we're back again next week. Do you know who we'll have with us? Will it be? D- Dr. David Tabret's be back, I'm pretty sure. Dr. David. We'll yes. look forward to that. Well, you guys have a lovely Thank week. You. Thank you for your time. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, Bob. Great to see you. Dr. Robert Stabler with us here at 2NURFM. That is our pet chat. We thank you for your company. We'll do it again from midday to one next Wednesday at 2NURFM.